0: weeks ago was kismet. It was meant to be. It was fate. Why we have not been brought together sooner? I don't know, but yes. How are you, this uh, season, my love? I am fabulous, and
1: I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said. I when I meeting you was just like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> um, and and it's just yeah. I I don't know why we why we haven't met sooner, but everything happens for a reason. So absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Oh, that's my aunt talking to the dog <laughs> i just I'm sorry I didn't realize
0: she' just coming out <sighs> um but so we 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 have had several conversations you know, leading up to people's summit and thinking about the need for having a more um deliberate and intentional conversation about um you know, organizing and, and, and really, really specifically just getting to the heart of it, the black progressive voice, right? The black progressive sp- space and this entire progressive movement space that we've been building the last um, two years, right? In terms of this mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders campaign movement that blossomed. I, I know you've mentioned stuff like this before, but people have been involved in different work and movement building long before Bernie Sanders really blew onto the scene as a presidential candidate. Um, but, but a lot of us seem to kind of coalesce and come together But from talking to different people when we talked and other folks talked, there was really a missing piece in terms of this conversation. So folks would, would wonder why. Why didn't black voters really go for Bernie or why was there this struggle and tension in terms of the way people couldn't see that Hillary Clinton was worse or... Part of that, really, I personally believe is that there was not a consolidated, cohesive, Black progressive presence in these spaces to help guide and direct the conversations that need to happen. But also the campaign struggled with being able to incorporate these lessons and messaging consistently um you know in there and 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 what was happening, and then we've seen this happen all the different organizations that popped up, you know across social media across different commentators, this continued issue with inability, problematic nature of dealing with anti blackness racism color blindness, a whole host of issues, and now we see um you know, there, there are various commentators. I mean, and, and there are some folks who don't understand why this is a necessary conversation or think that I should spend my energy elsewhere. I love you all so much. I appreciate the love and support, <laughs> but I believe because independent media has become so crucial and important to the way we're disseminating information, the way we're education, educating people outside of the mainstream media narrative. When we have individuals who have really large platforms who are influencing, you know, tens of thousands of people and someone, well, you know, in some brags, I guess, 10 million views on YouTube. But, (laughs) but, you know, um, and this is not about stubborn black older people. It's not just about stubborn black older people. When you look at the primary numbers, black people in our primary numbers were very, very small. There was a lot of work that could have been done beyond that. But that's not about what Bernie did wrong in the primary. That's a whole other conversation for us to have. Oh, we're, man, we're, yeah. we're talking about the way people are engaging, though, in these places and encouraging, <coughs> uh, 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 informing, and having dialogue that is about issues of racism, about issues of anti-Blackness or Black spaces and Black organizing, and they don't have the basic understanding or foundational principles to know what they're talking about, and they're speaking from a place of emotionalism and white-centeredness, right? There's Mm -hmm. going to be pushback. And it's not Uh because we're angry or we're hateful. I mean, yeah, I'm pissed at what was said because it was wrong. Yeah, let's get that straight. But let's be real, though. It's not about that. You know, plenty of folks, whether I'm talking about people from from West Virginia to, to folks I knew from growing up in Chicago, regardless of who it is, when we're talking to people and we're trying to build movements, right? And we're talking about we need to all just be about people. It issues. Yes. But people and issues bring their own experiences. And in this country, we have a very deep seated history and legacy of racialized oppression and injustice that is built in the fabric of the society that we're talking about we want to change. You can't ignore that. You can't mm-hmm. ignore yep. that at all and then continue on about your merry way and start talking about other stuff that's totally unrelated. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And and the 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 problem that I have with this particular incident, um, is not that uh, this these people didn't understand, because I don't have a problem with people who don't understand. I don't have a problem with the white people who don't understand why we do some things the way we do, because this is a history that a lot of people don't know, right? The history of racialized oppression and the intentional crushing, dismantling, um, uh, co-opting, and uh, interference with Black and Latino and Native American movements in this country by people in power, a lot of people don't know that history. So I don't have a problem when people respond because I don't understand why you guys are doing doing this this way. I didn't like the way they expressed their displeasure because it was done very publicly. It was an accusation that was made that that was racist in itself. And then when we responded in kind, the way we were attacked, oh, oh, then, then the defensiveness came in and it just blew up from there. So instead of people who don't understand this historical perspective, um, Coming, we don't know why this was done I don't like it it made me feel weird I was unhappy with it it was unpleasant but why, why was it done this way right instead of that it was this was racist y'all were racist
0: right because right. you wouldn't let
1: me you wouldn't let me in on the on the game.
0: Well, and and it was really interesting. So just for background for folks, I mean, if you follow me on Facebook personally or you follow me on Twitter, then you know that what, it's been almost two weeks now at the People's Summit. This was already something that was prearranged. I led a Black-led meeting, a Black-led space um, that I had already discussed with Charles Lenshina from People for Bernie. You know, it was already understood that this is what I wanted a space for a room to do Mm -hmm. a conversation. As I said out in the beginning, that's something that really hasn't had, you know, there are various organizations and groups, shout out to Movement for Black Lives, Roundtable and other folks who have been really working so hard, but in this specific progressive movement organizing space, there had not been this intentional need to come together to really talk about how to address these structural inequities that even exist within these spaces. And I've mm-hmm. and b- before anyone says anything, I've already talked with several folks. And if you're interested, I think we do need a people of color coalition, period, to do this. But there's something very specific in terms of dealing with black, you know, you no know, politics and engagement and work. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. And, and as someone said earlier about the stubborn older black voters, we got a whole cadre of folks that don't believe the system works for them. Not just the, the folks that are, you know, stubborn and loyal to the party and was gonna be Miss Hillary till they die. There were a lot of folks that were left on the bench because folks weren't willing to engage them. So I led, I led a session and I was sick last week. So I was supposed to follow up with people. We'll definitely be doing that by tomorrow. But, you know, we had an overwhelming response overall. And I got a response, you know, following up with from that. There was people there and I made it clear that I want that to be a closed session. So why is a closed session People have asked, like, isn't that reverse racism? Isn't that, you know, reverse segregation? No, because when we are in spaces, right, we're in these movement spaces that are predominantly white-centered, predominantly white-led, predominantly, you know, and and, and people who are organizing these spaces understand, which is why they agreed to let us use the space. I mean, we was right. going to take the space anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, seriously, right? Because if I'm coming into a space and there is not really a representation or discussion of issues, some of the things that people were saying, we're saying about, you know, you know, revealing people's confidential is that there are issues happening in East, East 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 Chicago, Illinois, which is only a stone throws away from where we were at in terms of water poisoning and and, and water contamination that was not right. on the agenda. The actual needs and issues of people's communities, and this is this is a this is also, you know, like I said, other people of color, we've seen it with Standing Rock. So many other folks have this have similar issues, which is why I do say we also need to work on that cross, you know, group unity as right. well. Right. But you know, this 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 conversation needs to happen because we need to get on the same page and get a few variables mm-hmm. together to understand how we can even be effective instead of just being out here. We don't want to be complaining, right? We want to be strategic, right. deliberate, intentional. Right. Because it's not personally. Despite what, you know, some of y'all saw my, pe- my Petty show out, but, but, but despite that, my intention really is to build Excuse with people who want to have me. a better tomorrow. We cannot say that we come from a place of peace and love. And then instead of trying to understand why a situation is making you feel uncomfortable and working through that discomfort, you want to conform those people in those situations disregarding their struggle and issues to you, one mm-hmm. person. That is the problem when we talk about whiteness. That is the problem when we talk about, you know, issues with privilege. And I know some people have to issues with that terms. There are different varying degrees of privilege. I I, I as a as a as a middle class lawyer today, I can acknowledge that I do have a degree of privilege that other people do not actually have in various, you know, ways. But but to outright deny that to the sense of entitlement of going into a space that clearly says what it is, on Mm -hmm. a, on a, a panel. So what happened was to just give a little background this past weekend. Well, actually Jacqueline, you can give a little bit better background because you attended at least part of the event.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I couldn't attend, uh, uh, this event for the whole week. And, and, and let me, let me just say that I am hesitant to, in this platform, um, talk about, you know, the organization, because outside of Sunday, I haven't talked to, Right. Uh, the the organizers about right. any of this, so I don't know if they've seen it. I don't know if they know about it. Um, so I I'm I, I am not going to give the organization's name because I plan to. work. I'm, you know I'm not trying to drag people through the mud. Um, but so I I attended the Sunday, the last day of this three day conference. Conference was three stinking days in we Richmond three whole days in Richmond. Um, The panel discussion on Sunday was about um, where the anti-war movement could go forward from this point. And there were seven people on the panel, Mm -hmm. I think. And every single one of these people from different aspects of the anti-war movement, coalition, the anti-war movement. There were people, there was a lady who was Filipino. There was a, a, a man who was, you know, uh, from the Vietnam, uh, Vietnam War era. Uh, they, you know, there were there were women represented. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Ajama Baraka was there, Glenn Ford was there. You know, there were all these people who had these different perspectives. Uh, white, black, Filipino, um, Who all said, every single one of them said, that in order for us to have a successful anti war movement going forward, in order for us to really focus our efforts, we cannot continue to ignore our
0: movement. There you go,
1: yeah. Okay. So um, they said that we, every one of the panelists said, we have to make sure that we center black voices. Mm-hmm. In our efforts going forward, and they did that intentionally because, as I talked to the director or the one of the organizers after the the uh, whole thing, he said that this past weekend was uh, this, this was the they had the most black participation and attendance than they'd ever wow. had. Really? Yes, and that was something that they had wow. been working toward for years. Wow and they were very proud that they were able to um, bring so many black people into black voices have been ignored uh, and, and dismissed in the anti-war movement just like they have been everywhere else. So that was the theme, nine o'clock Monday morning, uh, Sunday morning, they started around mm-hmm. 10. All these people said the exact same thing from different ethnicities. They all said the same thing. Got to make sure we're not ignoring black voices. Now, these are people who have been in the anti-war movement, some for five years, some for 10 years, but that room was also full of people. And the panel was full of people who have been in the anti-war movement for decades. So they know more than even I do. Right, <laughs> right, So uh, the controversy comes in where there's the discussion session. Uh, And where this is where, you know, the audience participation after the panel is done and people come up to the mic and they make comments. And I I just like to sit back and hear what a lot of people have to say, because I'm interested in what people have to say. So I just sat there and listened to people make their comments. And if you go to Coffee Current Events and Politics, I think you will find a link to the YouTube video that the organization took of all of the discussion all of the comments, okay. right? Okay. But these two particular independent journalists, and you know, you decide whether you want to name or not, name them or not. This is your show. I, I'm not. So these two particular independent journalists. Now remember, this is an anti-war coalition conference. These people just got finished talking about making sure voices in this effort going forward. The first independent journalist gets up to the mic and says something like, I'm very disturbed by the othering language that we're using against Trump voters. You know, I have 10,000 views on my videos and half of those people are Trump voters. And, and you know, I'm very concerned about the way we talk about them. And And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of BS because, We're talking about people who voted for someone who was the ringleader of the othering campaign against Barack Obama. Mm. Now, this is not to say that I am a fan of neoliberal corporatist warmongering, you know, Barack Obama and his policies. But the way he was treated as a man, as an American citizen, as a presidential candidate and as a black person by some of these very uh, uh, people who this independent journalist is now telling us we have to be nice to. And, and that just blew my mind. And and the fact that she told this to a room full of people who, who have all this experience in the anti-war movement. And, and I mean, that so that that was a problem. But I was like, OK, well, all right, that that was kind of self-serving and weird and okay fine. But then the other independent independent journalist gets up and says, "Weekend and I I have haven't heard anybody talk about the war that's being waged against all of us and that is geoengineering and you know, you need to educate yourselves." on on this topic and you know this is going to kill us all and blah 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 and this is you know this is war against us too blah 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 and it struck me as i was sitting there that this is what white people do sometimes this is the thing that white people do that is so frustrating to black activists because we are trying to build a, a coalition and a movement Um, that does not marginalize and dismiss our voices and our experiences. And these two women get up there and do exactly that. Mm -hmm. And they do it in a way that was condescending. They did it in a way that was, like I said, self-serving. I mean, how how are you going to tell a bunch of uh, decades experienced anti-war activists that they need to educate themselves on geoengineering? and then if people don't know what geoengineering is, it's chemtrails. I mean, Professor Griff used to do speeches up in New York, Progressor Griff from Public Enemy, <laughs> used to do speeches up in New York City about chemtrails back in the 90s. Dick Gregory spoke about chemtrails in the late 80s and the early 90s. Black people have known about chemtrails forever. I grew up hearing about chemtrails. So for, for for her to come into this space and, and and presume to educate these people on a subject that was important to her, but she completely dismissed everything else that was said that she had taken in, not only that day, but that weekend. That was problematic for me. But even at that time, I thought, okay, well, that that's that's not that big of a deal. All right. It, it was kinda it was kind of condescending. It was kind of typical, um, but you know, it, it's not—it's not an egregious offense. And I didn't think it was until, like, the next day, someone tagged me in one of these uh, uh, independent journalist videos. Yep. Uh, on YouTube, it was posted on YouTube, and it was actually that not uh, uh, yesterday. It was on YouTube, and this person. Uh, uh, a friend on Coffee Current Events in Politics tagged me saying, Jackie, maybe you can help here. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I watched this video and this woman is losing her mind because black people had a closed session at this conference. 90 minutes, what?
0: 90 minute workshop,
1: 90 minutes, one 90 minute closed session at this conference that she was actually allowed to stay in.
0: Despite the program, contrary to what she said on Facebook, despite the program it was clearly saying it was for people of African descent, she was not asked to leave.
1: But, um, right, right. She was angry because she wasn't allowed to live stream, and she noticed that somebody else was live streaming. A black person was live streaming, but if you had just stayed out of the session, you, you know. So, so she instead of. Talking to me because we know each other. We know each other there. The mm-hmm. Other journalists acted like I didn't even exist, and I, I
0: waved at a couple times. I don't chase after people. You're being so gener- generous with the use of the word journalist because I call myself a commentator, but that's. My <laughs> <story>. <laughs> I mean. I,
1: I People what they want to call themselves, and if that's what they call themselves, that's that's fine too. I, I just I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna stick to those words because right. don't make me call them what I want to. Um, but but you know the 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 personal stuff, and there there is some you know some interpersonal stuff where it's like, why we're all in here doing the same thing, you know? Why are you being so dismissive? Why? What is it that that stuff is is that I don't care about that stuff. I had a real problem with the fact that this woman knew me. She talked to me. She obviously had an issue with what was done mm-hmm. at this conference with this closed session. And she this
0: was sat- the Saturday. When, when I right. went, looked at the, at the schedule to look at uh-huh. our again. this was the Saturday, not the Sunday that Jacqueline just discuss, right. this was just discussing. was Saturday morning in a breakout. So there were other options. Right. Right. Right.
1: I mean, so session for an hour and a half and she didn't hear a doggone thing these people had to say. And I know that because she came out of that closed session pissed off because the session was closed to everyone who wasn't of African-American descent and they
0: wouldn't let her live stream. Those are the things actually African diaspora. So I think it was even broader. So you're right. That's right. Probably would have been, you know, like I think it was even broader. That yes, yeah. right. You're right, you're absolutely right. So I know she didn't listen to what
1: anybody had to say in that room. I didn't have to be there to know that because she made that live stream about something that happened Saturday. And if she was that upset about it, this is the part that really makes me angry and causes me to truly question people's motives. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't care. I don't care how nice people say this person is. I don't care how sweet they come off. I don't care how people say, you know, and
0: and justice. Yep.
1: Yeah. She has a good heart. This was not a good hearted action. It really wasn't. Instead of if she wasn't comfortable talking to any other people on the panel, cause she could have, right. She isn't new at this. Neither am I. And I understand being shy, you know, because I'm nervous about approaching people I don't know. Yeah. I, I absolutely talked
0: yeah. of the, the people. you were like, how big of a group am I meeting? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you you want me to sit in a what with how many
1: people? Do do you know these people? <laughs> you know, so so. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I absolutely feel comfortable talking to any of those people. Mm-hmm. She could have talked to me. Right. She could have talked to me. I mean, she could have come up to me and said, Jackie, something happened yesterday that made me really uncomfortable. Because I actually made it a point to ask her, hey, are you going to be here for the whole day that Sunday? You know, because I I wanted to kind of hang out with her for a little bit. Because up to that point, I was like, you know, I really haven't gotten to know her. We do kind of end up at the same events. Right. You know, what the heck? She could have said to me, look, I don't understand what this was. It made me uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I was upset. Why do black people do this? I would
0: have been cool if she had said, why do black people do this? It's better to ask questions. Let's just, let's just put it out there. It's better right. to ask questions instead of drawing all these different inferences and stuff. This black woman was allowed to live stream after they told me I wasn't. Do you even know who she was? right affiliate of the organization putting on the panel like mm-hmm. there are different rules and, and procedures and stuff involved with the, these things that happen you don't even know who these people are to each other in this space and it's just that you know it's her the, the, the what, what what led to this conversation was a video like Jacqueline said that she was tagged in and she was like Noah did you see this but there was this instead of taking the time to email any of the folks that that hosted this conference and she participated and again mm-hmm. these are people who had no problem standing up in front of a large panel and speaking their mind and telling them what they ought to be doing further going further so you know they have the gumption right and this is in terms of there was a sunday session that's public there's video um online uh, I'll, I'll share the link so people want to see it directly But so they don't have a problem speaking up and expressing themselves. Right. So the idea that if you were really that bothered, Mm -hmm. uncomfortable or this confused, um, why was she even allowed in this space? I can't clarify, Leslie, why she's because I was not. This was not. I just saw the video response. And this is what the little bit I know about the space probably because people, maybe I I will assume, I'm not speaking for the organizers of this space, maybe they assumed allowing, I think she said that she was one of two white people that was allowed to remain, maybe because they felt like it could be a teachable moment. See, this is the other thing, right? When we trust folks to come into a space that we've already deemed to be sacred and special to us for a particular purpose, it's a really big deal, right? It's a big, it's, it's a trust thing. And, you know, and it's not that, it's, on the one hand, there is, it is tough being a black mm-hmm. organizer, activist, social justice folks, the, the, you know, it's, it's, it is like, it's, 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 it's emotional labor to educate and teach people why what they're doing is saying every step of the way is wrong. At the same time, I do understand and respect the fact, just like I've had to learn, I shared on last night I shared that I had an experience at Roots Camp last November. I have no problem saying what it was. We were in a space and part of the introductions involved saying your personal pronouns, right? How you identified with your pronouns. I've Mm -hmm. never been in that space before. I know people do it. I've read about it. Academically, I know that exists. I've personally never had to do it. And I did not know that me not doing, me refusing to comply was going to be an issue for a lot of people in the room. And it took those people in the room who were uncomfortable. Some were even insulted by me and my stance. Well, you know, my generation never had to do that, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, and I didn't even think anything of how flippant what I was saying was. That's not who I am. But I I immediately Mm -hmm. in that space upon being challenged on it, had to rectify the situation and make peace with the same people that I had was sharing space with who allowed me to be in a space with them So that was a reflection of something that I had learned in the last several months. right I'm a pretty progressive person, you know but 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 so why were there allowed I, I can I honestly do not know why but um, I do know that, that that the the issues was the space existed, she was allowed to stay she was upset that she wasn't allowed to stream. The first part of the video is, well I was just there to learn and then finally it's well I, I, I'm a journalist I'm here to report. It's not about you Lou. Like, like mm-hmm. this is what understand. We have this larger movement moment space that we're in. And folks, you know, even the comments about we can't be alienating Trump supporters. Let me tell you something. A lot of what people are doing right now is not you're not it's not about alienating Trump supporters. You're enabling bad behavior, bad decision making, and bad policy by the by this coddling of mindsets that allow mm-hmm. people to, you know, vote for against their interests or whatever the case may be. We can talk about people because about places and issues, because I can be as radical pro- pro-black woman as I am, and still go into the hills of West Virginia. Shout out to Jack Deskins, Canal, County, Canal Valley, DSA. We have a great podcast. I'll drop the link for you guys for that too. <laughs> I can go in faces that are extremely white, extremely isolated from all this radical blackness. I'm not, I'm talking about, but we talk the same language, Kachina Mooney, Paula Swearingen, so many fabulous people that 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 don't necessarily have to have my same racial experience but we understand the language of, of, of fighting against austerity privilege you know so many different things here right i mean struggle is struggle right, right there are different layers and gradations to it but struggle is a struggle and one of the other problems in this person you know in this person's explanation of how hurt she was because she understands struggle because she grew up poor in another country i'm going to stop you right there boo I'm going to stop you right there, boo. I am. Because (laughs) the fact that you can't even recognize that you are poor in another country, that you came here as an immigrant and now live here, and so many other people. And they say right now, we're having a huge issue, right, with immigrants who are black, who are brown, who are Asian, who are being told they can't exist here because they are poor. They are poor. And they're going to bring down our yep, society yep, yep, yep. by the same people that you're trying to, 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 to court, right, and make feel good about themselves. The fact mm-hmm. that you, former poor immigrant, don't understand the privilege that you have existing here now because you work for everything you got. Everybody out here worked for what they got. We all work hard. There are poor people working hard all up and down the board, no matter what race, nationality, whatever they are, people work hard. And when people say things like, well, I worked hard, you know, to get out of poverty, good for you, boo. But something somewhere somehow happened to give you that extra oomph. Um. In other countries, especially when we talk about European countries, we already know because we've been trying to make this case here about how America is so far behind. So being poor in Europe someplace And we're not talking about Eastern destitute Europe, we're talking about, you know, the westernized, more modern countries Being poor in Europe and being poor in the United States of America, particularly if you're talking about the South, you're talking about the Appalachia, is not the same damn thing. There are so many shout outs. Yeah, I'm going to shout out Paul Swearingen again. When you talk about people who are living, breathing, dying in the coal mines, when you are talking about people who are, and these are people who are those Trump voters that you want to talk to, guess what? I talk to them. They are my friends. I love them. Mm -hmm. I put it on the line for people. I'm helping folks to do more stuff behind the scenes for free. I work full time by day. I raise my kids. I love my family. But West Virginia, once upon a time, was my home. I met so many amazing people. And it don't matter that I'm a freeborn, proud black woman. I love Appalachia. And I will represent till I die, no matter what, for my Mm surrogate home. And it doesn't matter that folks may not necessarily always understand where I'm coming from you know what I'm saying? On a racial tip. If we can, we can, if we can, you know, meet somewhere and start having a conversation because that's what it's about. But when you automatically start with, this is racism, you discriminate against me. Oh my God. I'm white. I know what this feels like. You don't know, boo. No, you don't. (laughs) Not at all. That's not racism. Your discomfort, how -hmm. you personally feel is not racism. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. even, even if there are accounts of incidences of black people doing wrong things to white people, that's not racism. Racism in America in particular is a very particular subsection of institutionalized systemic issues and power dynamics. Like you can't. You, you 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 can't. You cannot. Paul Dalzell from I love you, Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia in a house tonight. Oh, but that's you, you can't it. for all these connections. Yes, there are people do do bad things to each other. And we do need to address that and talk about it. But you can't equate that, particularly when you already admit that you don't understand why these spaces exist. You don't understand the history and, and the legacy of racism, even as it persists today in America. You don't understand that colorblindness saying I don't see color is, in some instances, it's violent. How can you not see color? Well, people like, say, Are, like, like, that, that, is, that is insane. How do you post about Philando Castillo one minute and they be like, I don't see color? How do you brag about how you write about Black Lives Matter, but you don't see color? How can you not see? You don't see me? I'm brown right. and I'm beautiful. Right. And I love black my- people. When white people say they don't see color, that means you don't see me. You don't see me when you don't see color. Yep.
1: Exactly. exactly. And and see explain, explain what, what really the, the thing that really pissed me off about her second video. Um uh the one I, I think it was the second one where she said, you know, I, I work for whenever a white person says to me when we're talking about racism, I work told they don't in this country. When uh, uh, when immigrants from Europe came to this country, even if they came here on the Mayflower mm-hmm. as indentured servants, mm-hmm. when they ended their period of indenturedness, they were given freedom dues. Most of them, they right. were. Out- even when immigrants have come here uh, after that they have an advantage over black people for 400 years. We've been here 400 years. We have been here longer than just about any other group of people who have come to this country from everywhere else in the world. Yep. But every single one of those groups of people comes here with this narrative that the reason 30% 30% of the black population is poor is because we're lazy and we don't work hard. Yeah. And they believe that, but they don't stop and think of how ignorant that is when we're here because most of us were forced to come here to work for free mm-hmm. for 268 years. Two and a half. Yeah. So how are you going to be lazy when you build an economy in a country?
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, are you losing? I just lost it. Can I hear audio. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, so I mean, I don't understand people. Well, I do understand. I'm lying. I, people who have this, this narrative with, with Black people, well, you know, I rose out of poverty because I worked hard. The opposite of that is the reason so many Black people are still in poverty is because they don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they ignore the historical uh, legacy of slavery, but they, but even if they don't know that, they also ignore the discrimination that continues to exist today because of the legacy of slavery. Because see the. Unemployment rate among black people can't stay at 50 percent for the past 50 years or 50 percent higher than the white unemployment rate because we're all the same amount of us are lazy and don't want to work every single year for 50 years. You don't maintain that stable a statistic without manipulation across an entire population. You know, the, the unemployment rate among black men, especially in most major cities, isn't as astronomical as it is 40 to 50 percent in almost every major city in this country. is not that way because all those black men are lazy and don't want to work. Right. The poverty. We don't have a 30 percent poverty rate. We're only 10 to 12, 30, maybe 30. of the population, 30% of black people live in poverty, live at or below the poverty line. We have the highest concentration percentage of children living in any other group in this country, that doesn't happen because everybody, because 30 percent of the people are poor, are, are lazy. That happens because there are systems and, and policies and laws that were put in place to ensure that type of uh, 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 situation exists among that group of people. And so so then there, there's that part of what was said.
0: And that's a really yeah. great point, too. There was, there just, defense. To, that was just, just to say, just to tag on what you say, that's a really great point right there. And back mm-hmm. to what I was saying about, you know, Appalachian, West Virginia, um, you know, like, like, like a couple of comments, uh, Paul Dalzell says, my friend David said, I see you, I hear you, you matter. That's all any white person should say, instead of what you need to do is that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, Or and, it, and Helen Ford said, I keep yeah. reminding people that no one is saying they didn't have it hard, but they didn't have it hard because they're white. And I, and I, th- I think that's really like a salient point, too, because you know, I also am not going to pretend like, you know, when I, when I remember when I had to do a project, just just short, short, bear with me, guys. I remember I had to do a project, talk to someone in my family about the civil rights movement in, in class. And, and when I was when I was like in middle school, maybe, and I called up my grandma to ask her what it was like back in the day when she couldn't vote. She's like, what are you talking about? We're from New York. I could always like I've never had that issue. But when when right. my dad married my stepmother and I got to know, so I, I had to fudge some stuff or find someone else to talk to. I don't remember what I did, but I was like, oh, I was so disappointed because I was like, yeah, I can talk to my grandma. Right. But, my, but, but my grandparents had other issues with, with racism in New York. There's actually a, a National Geographic film of a race right in the late 70s, I think mid 70s, that my grandfather was actually, there's a clip actually of my grandfather getting roughed up. Um, Wow. Um, by NYPD. My, my, my uncle has a, a still of it. It's, it's real quick, but, but we know from oh my the news. It's my granddad. So uh, anyway, but, 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 but I know from talking to my, my stepmother's parents right now, they, they've been, my parents have been married about 15 years or so, but like, uh, my, my my step-grandfather, my grandfather, my grandmother, one grew up in North Carolina, one grew up in South Carolina. And even in the caliber line there's a stark difference between the way they grew up. They later, you know, mm-hmm. migrated to, to New York and that's where they raised a family in, in Queens. And, and the fascinating thing was the first time my grandmother had a cross burned in her property was when she was living in Laurelton because they were one of the first black families in Queens. Y'all know about Donald Trump and his daddy. Queens, that's some quick That's them, when people try to blame Donald Trump and say that's that southern racism. Nah, that's that good old fashioned homegrown <laughs> uh-huh. Northeast racism right there. But they had a cross burn. My yep. stepmother, little girl in Queens, in Laurelton, in Queens, uh, uh, as a child. And so when they're telling me these different stories, talking about stuff, and talking myself and my grandfather, my step grandfather was talking about how when he was a, ch- it took him for a, a long time as a grown man to actually be able to look white people in the face. Mm-hmm. Because even now, like when we were talking about the election during the primary, he called me up. He's like, you know, you need to get everybody behind Hillary or Noah because Trump is just so scary. And and, and, and we. someone said earlier about the older black folks, there's a lot of fear for those people who live through, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, lynchings, like fathers, right. like his father was lynched, his father disappeared. They didn't find out for a long time that his father had actually been, in fact, lynched. Actually, the young man, the youngest person to be executed in in, in the United States is a South Carolina case. That is actually a a, a cousin of his as well. So they've lived through so much racialized trauma. And I understand, you know, how all of us are so fervent, like, no, 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 no. You got to believe in the power. But we haven't seen that. And not all older black people, a lot, though. Exactly. And and you said there's a lot there that people still living have dealt with. We can't just disregard that because you're uncomfortable.
1: Exactly. And, and, and you just said something that is really, really important to keep in mind. And I mean, all in racial justice, you just realized about a few years ago saying that uh, have concluded that these survivors have internalized in, in they, and it's passed down to their children. Mm hmm. Right, the Holocaust. Please, y'all, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The Holocaust was, a over a specific short period of time, compared to the transatlantic slave trade and American chattels, we're talking about a decade or so. The from the very beginning of of the pogroms. Against uh, against the Jew under the Nazis to the end of the war and the liberation of the camps. We're talking about a decade, it's so, like years, maybe. We're compared that that compared to two hundred and sixty-eight years in this country alone, two and a half centuries of oppression, of racialized terror, of all kinds of, of psychological terror of forced breaking up of families so it, it, it bothers me when people even when they're well-meaning even when they're well-meaning respond to our at incidences like this especially in progressive circles from so-called uh, mouthpieces of the progressive movement it it, it It bothers me when people tell us that we're so angry. This is an affront to who we are. This kind of behavior, anyway, I mean, racism itself is an affront to who we are as people. Um, But when it comes from people who are supposed to be on the left and who are supposed to be our allies and are fighting for justice and equality for everyone, that's a special slap in the face. It is a special a slap in the face because these are supposed to be the people who are supposed to be better than the other guys this is what we're, we're always told right mm-hmm. but I recognize through this this experience and a few others that I've had that that yes white privilege is a part of this problem but a part of this problem is also that people are new to this mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Most, most of these most of pe most uh, white people in the progressive movement are new to these problems. Most of these people didn't know very much about any of this stuff until nice white man Bernie Sanders told them about it. And there's a problem with that because, see, we've been talking about it for decades.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, telling, we have been telling America about chemtrails for decades, but America didn't listen. We've been telling America about environmental uh, income and quality
0: justice.
1: I mean, yeah. Income uh, yeah, we have. Been, yeah. I mean, environmental justice is a perfect example. We've been talking about how companies have been putting in center ridge dumps, toxic waste into poor black and brown neighborhoods for years. Who cared? Who cared? But see, this is why our government is now doing it. to. Everybody else because they didn't care. Mm-hmm. So now you've got this group of people who have been awakened and emboldened by Bernie Sanders, and that's great and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have is they don't want to listen to the people who've been through this for much longer than they've been, and they don't want to hear our strategies for how to fight this. I forget I have microphones on. I'm getting all animated. <laughs> <laughs> got earbuds and I'm getting all. You know, so, so like I said, I don't have a problem that that they were concerned about what happened with the Black-only space. I don't like the way they handled this crap. And, and And that's the problem I have with a lot of white progressives who just refuse to listen to Black people at all on these issues. You know, oh, it's not about racism, it's about money. No, it is about racism because Black people with money are discriminated against too. So don't tell me it's not about racism. Yes, it is about. There is a level to it that is about money and class and even level to, level of education. But there is also a racial aspect of it too. And too many white progressives are ignoring that for their pet issues and layer pet issue devices. And I'm susses me off when they do it. And it pisses me off when people tell me not to be so pissed off about it. I'm mm-hmm. about to cuss. You need to say something.
0: Well, you know, well, <laughs> that's your that, that, that threat to unity. What really is it like when you really got to think about it, if you're really coming from a place of peace and love and you really care about organizing and working and lifting up all people, you look at how you can come at issues from a way that helps and uplifts all people and not just only a select people at the you know, at, 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 at your leisure, who you care to cater to. Right. right. Like, like like we talk about environmental justice again, um, why I have connected with folks in Appalachia so, so often is because, you know, one of the things I say, I say this often, you know, I say from the hood to the holler, because growing, living, spending time living in Appalachia, living in, in West Virginia, uh, I saw so many similarities. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, the first time mm-hmm. I went into a holler, like, I, like this actually goes back to when I was in because uh, my I used to say a hood is a hood. And then I learned about hollers and I was like, oh, <laughs> hooded to, from a hood to a holler. But like when I was in Brazil and we did we went into we went into two favelas when I was two or three favelas while I was in Brazil in law school. And I was really opposed. And another sister who was with me, who was from the Bronx, we, we were really opposed because we remember as kids, you know, folks may not know this, but they do they do voyeuristic tours. Of, of white people, white investors and stuff into black neighborhoods. It, it's happened yes. when we were kids in Harlem. It happened um, mm-hmm. when I was a kid in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago. It, it happens now in D.C. and Baltimore. All, it happens all over the place. People do this. And, and, and so I felt I had a weird feeling about what we were do- doing. Thankfully, you know, that we were with a, a group. It was a part of our tour. And I expressed this constant to my professors. But like, but like well, part of part of one of the we we went to a funk a favela funk party was was the first time, right, and so we're driving mm-hmm. through and we're looking at Shaquana and I are looking out the window, and i i shaquana's probably not watching, but love you, Shaquana um but like no a holler is not i i, I call you in, <laughs> call you, in, you in you in there and like you gotta explain what a holler is and I, it's like a it's like a crick up in the way, like kinda like I can't even explain what a holler is but you see that's I, good driving through one um. Well, well see, he, he asked questions, questions and that's fact. actually called holler from a holler to a hood. But yeah, I think when I have him on, uh it'll be hood to a holler. But but yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, it, it is an undeveloped. It's an underdeveloped area. It's not completely undeveloped. There are some of them do have paid rows and stuff. But it's it is. Well, Appalachia actually has an actual hood, urban hood. That's the thing about Appalachia. Appalachia is urban. There are urban Mm -hmm. Appalachian areas and there are rural Mm -hmm. Appalachian areas. And some of them overlap. It's it's a very interesting dynamic and and it was a very interesting experience. And like my kids are actually up in West Virginia for the summer right now. Um Paul's gonna explain in in the chat for (laughs) y'all. But 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 when we went, we were going into this party, we're driving in, um, we're we're driving in, and so Shaquan and I look out the window and I said, girl, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought we were in the Bronx. Or, 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 some other place, right? East, East Harlem. Like the way, the way things were set up. And this was a much nicer kind of developed favela area than the one we saw. Cause we ultimately went to Hosena, which is right next to City of God, um, in, in Rio, oh, wow. um, was ultimately yeah. where we went when we got to Rio, which I really had an issue with. But, um, i uh, that was uh, I'll, i have a piece I wrote someplace I'll post it for you guys so you can know all about that experience but but what was really but that was when I first started getting this kind of developing this this sense that internationally I mean we might have certain differences the way things are dynamics are, but internationally you know with economics and race you know a hood is a hood, and we have a lot of similar issues. we might be more privileged as Americans to some extent right than some of racial minorities than other places but there are a lot of issues we're talking about infant mortality education opportunity mm-hmm. access poverty mm-hmm. so many things you go down the list right when you look at the condition of black and latino and indigenous communities here in the united states our rates on so many different levels rival quote unquote you know developing countries and so this is a history i understand that you got to know when you're coming to a space that people are and then to not even know that at this conference was the first year that they had such inclusive participation <laughs> But here's the thing,
1: though, Though here's the thing that blows my mind, right? I, I'm i I'm just, I'm, I say this all the time, and people are like, Jackie, don't say that because it sounds like you're just putting yourself down. No, I say this for I, to make a point. I'm just a chick from Southeast DC who loves politics and likes to talk to people. That seriously is my passion. I love politics, fascinated by it, love to talk to people, love to talk about people's stories, and hear who they are and and what their passions are and connect people. That's it for me. So if I could go up to or actually he approached me. If I could talk to the editor of the 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 um the the pro racial and social justice newspaper that organized helped organize the conference, then what
0: oh, was I will him. I'll, I'll connect you. That, yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know him, but my I parents, could. knows him. I don't be trying, yeah, yeah and be trying to pull my parents in and their connections. But I'm about to start because I clearly need um, some um, seconds of people. But go ahead, yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, amazing if, person. If I can,
0: I can, sorry to cut you up, but amazing oh person. Oh my god, who, no. Has actually been leading the battle. If anyone pays attention to what's been going on in Richmond, Virginia, as of late, they were battling to get the Confederate monuments removed. So there's a lo- there's even you walk into a town, a city, and don't even know what's been going on. Come you don't even know on. What's been going on are organizing and working on, but you want to talk about how you are, you racism, like these people are fighting to remove the vestiges of some of the most racist stuff in American history, right? Look at these right. monuments and stuff, and, and, and this is something that people are actively organizing and working on, and you don't even <laughs> understand that's the space you are in. Because when we're talking yeah. about peace and justice and anti-war, we can't have peace and justice in without, if we don't have peace and justice at home exactly. exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And 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 before, if anybody, if there are any trolls out there, before you talk about black on black crime or anything, white, there's white on white crime too. We do <sighs> we do have to find a way to heal our communities and work. But there is systemic violence that is inflicted upon communities of color. We saw what happened. We saw what happened at Standing Rock. We see what happens in Flint. We saw what happened in Katrina. We mm-hmm. see what happens in Chicago with Home and Square and people being disappeared. There's so much that is going on over. The- we see what's happened. I go back to West Virginia all the time. Like I said, I tell <laughs> I tell people all the time that i was radicalized by birth because of who my parents are but i was re-radicalized in 2004 january 2014 when a, a chemical spill of a, of a little known chemical spilled into the elk river which was the sole water source for 300,000 people in canal valley west virginia that was when i was re-radicalized so west virginia i'm, I'm, a, I'm a proud mountain mama mm-hmm. uh, adoptee <laughs> till i die but when i look at the systemic degradation of people this is why i can make that connection because I can talk about race and oppression and degradation of black people, mm-hmm, of black mm-hmm. people, of indigenous people, and then still flip it and talk about what's happening in poor white communities in Appalachia. Because a lot of this oppression is, is interrelated. Exactly. And it, and it comes from the same places. But if you don't understand the deep-seated the history here, if you don't understand the nuance, if you don't know how to get into the gristle to deal mm-hmm. with that, you're not going to understand how to have this conversation in a way that's effective, and right. in, in a way that is Productive versus just whining about your hurt feelings. Right. That's what we cannot have. That is counterproductive. No, it isn't. It isn't. And because you come, these
1: people came to this space believing in their minds that they could teach us something Mm -hmm. not knowing what our experiences are which again that's fine because you don't you can't look at somebody and know what their experiences are but they also didn't care they didn't care to find out and that's it was especially insulting because we went down to the Shaco bottom uh slave and uh african burial ground and and the site of Lumpkin's Jail and Slave Auction. Now, being from a tiny town in Jarrett, Virginia, some of you I know have seen a live stream I did many moons ago, few oh, wow. years ago from my hometown, 90 miles south of Richmond. My mama integrated her high school. Wow. My grandmother had to put her child on a school bus every day with a bunch of white kids who she knew hated her and could have just as soon killed her and got away with it. Mm-hmm. And and this is what she did because she knew that she couldn't stop my mommy if she tried. So she just so so you see how I where I get it, you know. <laughs> so you right, <laughs> right. It, it's it's in my blood. It's who I am. I I literally cannot help being focused on racial and social justice. But at the same time, I grew up in a little town full of you know. With, with white people who had some kind of economic advantage at one time, or so they thought, until the factories left. The factories started laying people off. Mm-hmm. Boarshead Head and Georgia Pacific and the foundry started laying people off. Then the white people who had steady jobs, they didn't have jobs anymore. And then they realized they were just as broke as black people. And then they started to have to kind of see, wait, we have some similarities. We need to talk to each other. We do have similar problems. And that's an issue that that is a kind of nexus that also is historic. Absolutely. Because you, you have, uh, after reconstruction, black sharecroppers and white sharecroppers yep. who were both trying to get landowners to pay them a fair wage, yep. who were driven apart because the landowners found out they were trying to get together. So the landowners threatened both groups of people with violence. But then what the landowners did was to pay the white sharecroppers a little bit more to give them an incentive not to organize with black sharecroppers. uh, sharecroppers. You know, you've got the Black Panther Party, which a whole lot of black folk or white folk rather think were just, you know, these evil anti-white people. The Black Panther Party went to Appalachia. And talked to poor people in
0: Appalachia and told them, "Listen, we want white power for white people. We want black." Book. Someone actually just is, is thinking hillbilly revolutionaries. I'm I'm pulling up right now. You can. Yeah, hear that. there's a good. Yeah, that is because on the eve of when uh, uh uh when when Fred Hampton and Mark Clark were murdered by Chicago police. It, it, you know, when gunned down and murdered while they slept. This is mm-hmm. what they were on the er, er, on a verge yes. of organizing and building yes. what mm-hmm. the collective of looking at. You know, you had the Young Lords, you had mm-hmm. Black Panthers, you had mm-hmm. Appalachian activists. You know, similar with, with 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 Martin Luther King's Poor People's Movement of bringing together the poor. World. We saw the same thing. If you have um, um what's the movie? Um, remember the Titan? Not remember the Titans? Wrong movie. Um, <laughs> Great debaters. If you see a great debate, yes. the backdrop of that movie was Denzel Washington's hit, The Professor. His character was a union organizer trying mm-hmm. to organize black and whites, you know, yep. black and whites, uh, uh uh sharecroppers, workers, you know, trying mm-hmm. to bring them together. The, I mean, The Free State of Jones, which, which that's was, an excellent, excellent movie. I did see the movie, but knowing that story, there mm-hmm. are so many. Examples of instances where black and white or we have black and brown or black and indigenous or whatever 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 it is have come together to break the shackles of tyranny we can't just do that by saying we all need to be united you're being divisive we're not going to talk about race how can we talk about race in a system that is ingrained into the creation the fact that my ancestors that your ancestors that ancestors those who are descendant of enslaved Africans were made three-fifths of human beings and it's put into. Property was commodified and written Mm -hmm. in the Constitution. Our entire state, our economic system of capitalism is built on the blacks of stolen land from indigenous people and black labor. And stolen labor. You can't erase erase race from the equation. You You might be uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying it's it's not always comfortable for me to talk about it. You know, yeah. all I can tell you we got friends in West Virginia. We we we, we have I, I have a, one of my best friends is a libertarian. I talk about this all the time. Love her madly. We do not agree on a lot mm-hmm. politically, but we mm-hmm. do agree about family and, and basic living issues, and that's how we keep our conversation. And right. I know that she will take care of my kids. It's not not that I have a problem with my kids staying with her, but she's not the fam. That's not the family the kids are staying with. But at the same time, she'll message me. And there's a couple other folks who will message me. They don't agree with my politics, but they understand what I'm talking about and what how it's important to defend and and, and self determination. I talk about this all the time, That's like it. we need to be teaching our people, whether it's you know poor white folks, whether it's poor black folks, working class, whoever it is, we need to be talking about self determination and how to lift ourselves up and build up and do better and be better consistently, not just whining about how I personally did not feel good. Right. Right. So. Right. So there have been coalitions. There have been coalitions. They have existed in times, but it takes people to, I mean, it's also hard when you have the United States government that through COINTELPRO and other actions had literally picked off and killed different leaders who were working on these things to, to bring, bring people together. I mean, we have a 50 year, We have a, we have a gap. We had a leadership void in, across so many different movements. I mm-hmm. mean, th- these are things, though, like, you might not see. There there are things happening now. People talk about immigration as if it's only a Latino issue. but There right, are organizations right. that work in these spaces because there are Black immigrants, like Haitians, like mm-hmm. Somalis, who, who are being forced out and pushed out as well. So there's a lot of inter... Uh, uh, one of my favorite new groups, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's a, 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 a Muslim ARC. Muslim Muslim anti racism racism coalition up in Miss, Michigan, um, Namira Islam love her madly because part of their work as a Muslim organization in dealing with addressing racialized oppression in America is acknowledging that the largest single group of Muslims in America are black. Are black. Black. And, and, and there, so there, there are there are folks. Just because you don't see them, does not mean they exist. But as mm-hmm. I mentioned, in case you did not hear earlier, um, we are looking at forming a Black Progressive Caucus. But also, I really do think people of color in this progressive space, we have to be more intentional and deliberate with our collaboration, how we work together. A lot yeah. of us do it informally. We need to, we need to be more tight about that because yeah. a lot of stuff is happening. I have my sisters and brothers from Standing Rock who are who are dealing with things, not just not just, oh wow, we went to Standing Rock and oh my God, mm-hmm. we're so sad, but are really dealing and living through the the, the post, tra- I mean, let, I'm just gonna call it this post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, people wanna talk about, no, it's fine, it's at, it's all love and peace over here. But no, seriously though, People wanna talk about, you know, how we have mental illness. Mental illness is definitely something that we need to talk about and mental health is something we need to talk about across the board on so many different levels. Because when you wanna know why things are the way they are in Chicago, but you're not trying to hold Rahm Emanuel accountable for the way they come he- on now. out. Public uh, mental health facilities, right? Not just the shutting down schools, not just putting people out of their homes. Like, like there's so much that goes on. But this is something that's prolific. We're looking at what could be taken away with removal of healthcare and and not having these conversations. So this is all intertwining these conversations about race and economics too, of right. course. But that does. but because people may have mental illness, you don't compare that to the experiences and struggles that people are living with because of what the society has put upon them. Right. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. we do have to talk about these. And, and, and there's a way people talk about mental illness from whatever their perception is of the world versus what is done to them. And I do have a friend and I'm not going to share her business, but I do know people who have been talking about one with with water protectors. There have been suicides, you know, in the wake of what is right. happening. Mm-hmm. because of the treatment and the way they have been handled. There's a serious need. Like our people are really, really struggling. And when I say our people, I mean our people, right? People are struggling on so many different levels. And to make a particular space about understanding the context for where you even are about you mm-hmm. and your personal feelings, you mm-hmm. are undermining and doing so much damage to the work of so many other people.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: someone like my dear friend, who works in a space and cares for other people and doesn't have anyone to care for her because she's so busy. And that, and and, when, and not to say that men don't, don't do this too, but a lot of us women, right? We yeah. tend to mother and mm-hmm. nurture and care mm-hmm. for everybody else and yeah. not ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So, and, and PTSD and these are things that people are actually experiencing and going through. And you can't get help, medical help, but you can buy a gun. Absolutely. And, and 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 we do need to come together. But in coming together, it's not always going to be think about when you're with your family. It's not always a lot of times it's wonderful. It's lovely, but there are those tense moments. So because your family, you have to work through it. You ask questions, you move forward, you have the difficult conversations. You don't come off initially uh, from from jump accusing people of doing something to you mm-hmm. and people who has no context understanding or information for the co- for the space you are in for the, yeah. for the group that is even hosting you mm-hmm. and then to have someone so much so so go ahead <laughs> I, know,
1: I know but and then to have someone defend you who turns around and continues to use racist code language Ooh. because see the very same person who got up and talked about how we need to be careful how we talk about and to the Trump voters comes and defends the 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 racist accusations, the publicly made accusations of racism by this woman by saying that, well, you know, a, a, a bunch of 12 year old black kids beat up a white kid. Look, Okay, let me let me explain
0: something. To you. Kids do some really foul stuff, and yet, yes, exactly. And as a black mother, I'd be angry. As kids, well. kids oh, yeah. do some. Yeah,
1: kids do. Children across the board in every group have a capacity somehow to do some pretty horrible things. I don't even know what that is. I, I'm not a psychologist. It boggles my mind the things that that kids can work up to do. However. It's interesting that someone would use the example of black kids beating up a white kid to defend uh, a racist uh, um, uh, characterization from, uh, from, from this other person. When the actual racism in the system shows that black students in schools across this country are disciplined at higher rates than white students for the same offenses. Black students are more likely to be arrested. I mean, police officers, or what, what do they call them, uh, school resource officers? They're, they're cops. Police officers going into the classroom and putting handcuffs on children for schoolyard fights that white kids get detention for. That. Isn't mentioned, but the person who defends the racist characterization of not being allowed to live stream in a closed and safe space uses a Well, you don't know who the other person is that got the permission to live stream. So you don't know who they are. You don't know who don't know anything about it. You don't nothing, know You don't know what. But your defense of that is well, you, Twelve year old black kids beat up a white kid. That's 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 racial code language right there. And it's ahistorical. It ignores actual racism. It's insulting,
0: and it just pours And I'm pretty salt sure they the- were severely disciplined. So it's not even that you excuse certain things, because again, that type of scenario, I mean, again, we, we, we've all had to deal with like I recently at the end of the school year had to deal with a discipline issue with my son and had to deal with again being a lawyer, I had to stop it. But I said, Okay, so some of this we're not gonna talk about because when you look at the school code of conduct and there's research out there, you you know, the more the likelihood that you're gonna face charges for something that's happening in school. And not mm-hmm. saying this is only a black thing, I mean this is a poor kid thing too, right? Right. There, right. There, there are layers to this. There are layers to this. So, you know, something that happened at school that he did, you know could also have criminal charges. And we're in middle school. I, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. Yeah. You read the school code of conduct, but nothing in my mind in this era, you know, post zero tolerance is telling me that, you know, something stupid that happened 20 years ago when I was in school is now something that my kid could go to jail to juvie for. Right. I mean, it's yeah. Tricia, I had to dodge bullets. Well I, I went to high school in Chicago. Okay. I've, I've, I've been shot at like, and I went to high school and I went to high school in a quote unquote, good neighborhood in Chicago. I was high school in Hyde Park about eight blocks from the, from the Obama house. And um, we, we, we've had incidences, you know, where, where, where things would happen at the bus stop after school or during lunch, you know, and, and we would get locked out of places or whatever, right? And we got metal detectors, even though we had all the issues that we had, we got metal detectors only after Columbine happened. We did not get right. metal detectors with any of the violence and stuff that happened in our neighborhood, in our community. We got metal detectors when Columbine happened. Yep, that is that's also true in D.C. public and, schools. And the, just to say, Paul, Paul Paul said most of the commentators on her videos were racist the way I read them. And that was really what the response evoked for me last night, right? Mm-hmm. Was the fact that there are so many people out here and these are, you know, leading progressive commentators, journalists, whatever, and there is a community around them of people and we, and we know this. And to say that, oh, you know, Trump the voters were just some people really were disaffected. And I'm not I'm not going to make the mistake of doing a broad brush stroke. I don't do that. Right. But at the same time, when you're catering to certain people in a mindset that is detrimental to the alleged peace and justice that you claim that you are trying to, to build and bring about. That's a problem. And like you were saying, Jackie, like you very eloquently pointed out, code language, calling this politically divisive because we're talking about an issue of race in America. And when you are a privileged white woman, regardless of what your background is, and you are telling other you're telling women of color that because they're speaking on something that is their lived experience. That there mm-hmm. is their, that is their personal history that they're trying to explain to you why this is something. When you decide that you're going to walk with your air of "I'm white, so I'm right, so I'm going to go post about this later for my clicks yeah. and views." When mm-hmm. you do this, and, and I keep talking about clicks and views because that was a part of the commentary in the open session they did talk in. Too. Right. I have ten right. million views. Yeah, All I have, have ten thousand views on my can video you on our show, and a lot of people will see you. Uh, what? <laughs> Are you serious? What? And and that and that was, and that was the same. It, it, yeah, it wasn't. It, they didn't
1: come there. They didn't seem to have an uh, uh, an attitude to me of of uh what? How do you want me to help? It was the same kind of attitude that we see so frequently when some white people take over our movements. They come in and and they say, "Hey, I want to help," uh, but then the next thing they know, we know they are running the show because they think they know more than we do. And that's one of the reasons why we have to have these spaces where nobody else is in the room and we are trying to strategize and figure out how we are going to build and uh, 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 coordinate with other people without outside interference because we don't need people in the room other people in the room telling us, "Well, this is what you need to do." We all come right. from different We're having to worry about the feelings, right? Right, right. the There's feelings, feelings between us. We it's already that's that enough. It's already that's layered enough. here, you know. And, and then then I, I have to I, I have to address this thing about identity politics because I see. See? See,
0: see Bernie, so let's talk about we gotta bring this back for a second, right? Now yeah. it's a legitimate criticism for the way in which identity is leveraged, right, mm-hmm. by, by certain individuals, whether it's mm-hmm. Democrats or whomever, there is a certain argument or criticism that's valid about right. that. But just mm-hmm. labeling anything at all, identity <laughs> politics, is racist as fuck. It's is that, thank you. No, well anyway. that look, let me let me say
1: let, let me say this you got a problem with identity politics, but you ignore the fact that there have been laws, there have been policies, there have been social norms, there are stereotypes that people still uh, believe in and perpetrate today. There are uh, 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 actions that are committed against Black people because of our identity. But every time we try to stand up for ourselves and advocate for our justice, then you call that identity politics. You No, you are ignoring the fact that this system is created to crush us because of our identity. And if you don't have a problem with those identity politics, you can't talk to me about how I advocate for myself. You, you can't. And, I, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I, I can't sit here and that's have a, huh? that's, that's oh, thing. my God, that is divisive. That's that's racist. That is that is every kind of. And, and you have to exist in an echo chamber with a bunch of people cheering you on which is what's happening on these streams. And I, and I have to say you all for for those of you who are listening and who will listen later on. Please don't think we didn't try to talk to these people. We
0: did. We're, we're not just I, I was I was uh, because okay, you know, look, Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm
1: I'm all for um when I see that people, you know, I I'll, I'll make the good natured attempt the first time. The first time, uh, I'll explain it really well and really detailed. The first time, when I see that you don't give a shit what I have to say, oh, all bets are off then. Uh-uh. If you don't want to hear a perspective that you didn't understand, that you didn't know anything about it, if you don't have the humility enough to step back and say, "Oh, I didn't realize that. I that I didn't get that. I didn't understand that." I don't think I still understand it, but I didn't realize it was that deep. If you don't have the humility and the humanity enough to say at least that, then you can kiss my whole round black, because I'm not gonna sit here at 49 years old and continue to coddle people who clearly have expressed that they don't care whether we live or die. The only thing they care about Are there issues? And really, for these two people, the only thing they care about is how their pages grow. Seriously. And that's the issue that I've had with some of these independent journalists and and the progressive. And people have said, oh, my God, Jackie, you're just being jealous because certain people have more exposure than you. Um, Certain people wouldn't have exposure if it wasn't for me. I'm doing it again. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) But, let's let's you spend a lot of time building up other people's stuff, right? Because, because you believe and where it comes from. Because right. we all don't come from this in the same place, right? right. And, but it's but it is what it is. Like not, what, I mean, yeah. You, you're going to talk about jealousy. This is this is not. Now I'm not
1: saying that there are not opportun, opportun uh opportunistic black people in 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 this progressive movement. Sure, opportunism is a human thing. We can all be greedy, right? <laughs> everybody can be greedy but to to a certain degree but to say to to completely dismiss the efforts that we made to pull them back and 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 tell them yo this this is the this was the wrong way to do
0: it this Not is the I wrong post, way to do it videos yeah
1: yeah and it, and it's still I, it's still not only I think it's racist to have a separate session in a national conference, but then okay. one ninety 90 minutes one day, 90 minutes, a three day conference. But then uh, in, in the follow up, then then it became, well, you know, obviously, I don't know anything about racism. I don't have the history. So I'm just going to stop talking about it. You
0: know what? Fuck you, too. People hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, <laughs> it's not I feel sorry for you. I really I do that that <laughs> you speak from a place of ignorance with such authority in a form of other people that don't see the damage and harm that you were doing to this movie. Yep. And you care and claim to love and respect. Mm-hmm. And that is a problem. It is <laughs> a <of> problem. And, <laughs> but, and but like what you were saying about the identity politics thing like like one something that I liked that David Cobb David Cobb and I did a conversation about two months ago, maybe or so. I need to clip this section, this little short segment out. And and it was, we talked about identity politics, right? And actually David Cobb, and I love, shout out to David Cobb. I know I'm going to have to owe him something for tagging him <laughs> all day long last night, telling him to come get his people and talk to them. But seriously though, like like that is something that people can do. Like if you are, you know, someone who understands it and really gets what's going on, it really, it helps you know, the, the, the serious emotional burden and trauma of having to deal with this type of stuff when other people step in to try and explain. And folks did, and that was awesome. You know, they're and tried and, and, and explained. And then, you know, even white people were, were were got pushed back and were told they didn't know what they're talking about, or because they know us and have a history. The people who are saying they love you have a history with you too. I mean, so this isn't about the two sides and everyone mm-hmm. just needs to come together mm-hmm. and understand. No, racism is racism. <laughs> we're not negotiating on
1: that. <laughs> no. It is. There's no fudging that. There's no. We're not amending what racism is because you think we're talking about you every time we talk about racism. We're, we're not. I'm not doing any more caveats when I talk about white uh, uh supremacy, white privilege. When I say white people have a tendency to I I'm I'm not going to sit here every single time and say no. I mean some white people, if you don't realize that we, it's like the good cop, bad cop thing, mm-hmm. right? It's like every time uh, a police officer kills an unarmed person. Right. You know, and we say, look, the 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 police have a problem. You always have people coming in and say, "Well, not all cops are bad." First of all, we ain't talking about the ones who haven't killed unarmed people. If we have to explain that, you're an idiot. I just I just don't understand why people keep doing that. But then there's the idea that people don't want to hear that. If all cops are really not bad, then where are all of the good cops in speaking out with us against this. But see, we can never have that conversation because people always stick with the all cops aren't bad, it's not all cops thing. That's the same thing that's going on here. You know, we can't talk about the systemic racism and the reason this behavior was problematic and why I personally think it is going to continue to cause the progressive wing. of of the political uh, apparatus in this country to continue to lose. We ain't never gonna win nothing if we continue to ignore the voices of people who understand what struggle is because it's in our DNA. I don't care how well-intentioned and well-informed some of these new white progressives are about geoengineering and climate change and income inequality or whatever else. As long as they don't want to hear the voices of the people who are at the bottom of these issues and want to hear what they have to say, too, they're going to keep losing. But see, we can't have that conversation with them because all they say is not all white people. And in this case, well, now you're racist.
0: Well, and it's it's not all white people, right? But again, when when the subject is the subject of your video is I'm talking about something unheard of as racism. When you start with everyone tells me I shouldn't talk about racism, but I'm going to anyway. There are kind of some clues there, right? Because even in entering this conversation as a title, and I I, I know. There have to be black people somewhere in these people's lives that can kind of talk through this. And if you are in people's lives, right, and you're mm-hmm. doing and you're you're enabling this type of behavior, you really need to, to evaluate and, and figure that out, right? Shame so on you. you, it's like it's like Rachel Dolezal. There's no way Rachel Dolezal went through life as a black woman um, without black people co-signing it, like like that, yep. to enable it, yep. to enable that farce for happening. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, do you or how you 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 you, you know do 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 what you do whatever, how you live your life. But you know, you're going to, when you put stuff out there publicly, right. When you put stuff out there publicly and when you create a a, a culture and you're, and you're, and you're nurturing an environment that you're building in terms of your brand that people think this type of stuff is okay. You need to be prepared for pushback. You have to be prepared for pushback and getting upset. And we should talk like adults and not be childish and whatever you didn't talk to anybody, didn't ask any questions, didn't understand what you were experiencing or talking about and flew off the handle on the video after you experienced something without getting any type of context. Mm-hmm. But I am the childish one for challenging you. In oh, public, the you way you made the comment. comment. I mean, that's the thing, though. You put stuff out there in the world, you do stuff publicly, you can't get clapped back. That's <laughs> the <stupid. laughs> It's a black clapped back. <laughs> So I, mean, I really I, am a nice person. You can ask my sissy; <laughs> <laughs> she's in the background. But no, I will vouch for her. I vouch for a all normal. my white she- friends. Say, see y'all don't see how that works? Oh, my black friends. All my white friends love me. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously though, like this was just so. I mean, we do a lot of work, Jacqueline and I, with a lot of different people, you know, coming together. I'm really looking forward to heading to Ohio next month to work with the Mobilize 88 effort led by Paul Portia Bolger and Matthias and a lot of other other organizers talk about. And one of the things I do focus on was, you know, that 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 we look at how we do urban rural. That's that's something yeah. that I've been really interested in working on more yeah, because yeah. I think like just like with Dr. King, just like with Fred Hampton, just like with so much work before us, if we really get, you know urban and rural folks, you know, cross races and stuff like that, working together and really engaging in the work that needs to be done, we're going to have something serious going on in our hands. Yeah. We can't keep talk about political revolution if we're not actually willing to get down and dig deep and do the work and building and development to bring us all together and work on these issues. We can't just keep saying, well, this is the business because you're pointing out this. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will be there's a mobile eighty eight <laughs> event. And because I'm trying so so this this quick is for, like what, for people who are Jackies uh, uh uh folks, but a lot of you are, so my name is Anoa. This is way with Anoa. Jackie and I are doing a special together. But I, I used to have a production team, and I'm, I'm trying out doing production on my own. So we're actually live streaming on Twitter via Periscope and on my YouTube as well. And so I can't actually click change. Every time I try to change my screen, the other two pages see the <laughs> other screens and not us. So I will add, after this video is over, I'll add links. Um, to my page, and Jackie can share them as well. That, and I know someone said can, I know someone said something I about uh us collaborating more. We are talking about that because yeah, yeah. our synergy and and and, and people said it was amazing, and and oh, I love this God. woman so much. <laughs> and, I, and I
1: mean, listen, if if we, we want, want a threat. threat just all by ourselves, just us, just just us, just Black folk, if we weren't seen as a threat, and, and if, if Native people by themselves weren't seen as a threat, and if Hispanics, or, or as they were called then uh, during the Hispanic Revolution Movement, but uh, Latinos, if they weren't seen as a threat, COINTELPRO would never have existed. The government would never have made such an investment in making sure that we not only Advocated for ourselves, but making sure that we didn't get together and build coalition among each other, because every one of those groups of people that created a coalition or an advocacy group for their people, they were working on getting together with each other. You know, there were efforts, like Anoa has said, of of, of people who went into poor white neighborhoods.
0: To talk to them, so that none of this is new, and this isn't conspiracy theory stuff. Like you can yeah, look at no. the COINTELPRO documents. No, It's like you can look at the Church Committee reports when they tried to assassinate uh-huh. and they they took uh-huh. and assassinated uh, Patrice Lumumba and stuff like that. You can look at the COINTELPRO yeah. and see how not only how they went after Dr. These these movements, these organizations, the Panthers, you know, the Brown Berets, the Young Lords. Mm-hmm. They they went and intentionally. Because, because under J. Edgar Hoover's crazy-ass mind, these were a threat to America. Like even now, like when you look at the, the problems, when you think back to think, think speak about anti-war, right? When you look at the passage of the Patriot Act one and two, and the fear way it would be used against people domestically who quote-unquote opposed America, because mm-hmm. really all I have to do is say that you're being divisive, right? Subversive and against working against the United States of America, and now label you as a domestic terrorist. The American Friends Service Committee (AFSC) in some places at points in time in the last decade has been labeled a terrorist organization because of their state, their stance on Palestinian rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like there's so, like that's what I'm saying, there's levels, there's layers. Yeah. Oh my God, there's so many layers. This is not, this is not about identity issues. This no. is not about political correctness. No, no. This is real fucking life for brown, black, Asian, American. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this, this is real life for people in America. How exactly. do you talk about Philando Castile in one breath? How can you talk about Black Lives Matter in one breath and then say, I'm colorblind? I don't see color. (laughs) Colorblind is racism. If
1: you are colorblind, then you don't see the issues that relate to me because of my color. And you're doing that intentionally. You're doing that because you don't want to deal with this history. Like she said, like you said, Anoa, none of this is conspiracy. People said that we were... Uh, uh, subscribing to a bunch of conspiracy theories because remember remember when all the old heads used to say that the CIA brought crack into our neighborhoods and 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 black people and, that and, and drugs and, thing that's getting ready to start um the history channel yep. just aired I think it's a three or four <laughs> part series on America's war on drugs and what does the what did the first episode cover the CIA's involvement in the war on drugs And bringing
0: it over no. o- over in for the parking fields in Afghanistan. Right. Now, they started with opium. We're talking about peace and justice, but you don't want to talk about all these other residual issues. Come on now. God right. do the Come new on. one. You, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't do that. You I understand that geoengineering or
1: chemtrails is important to you because you're just finding out about it and it scares the hell out of you. But chemtrails been killing us for a while. We were trying to save you from it. But you ain't listen. So, OK. <laughs> Four parts, um, Chanel. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Chanel. So, I mean, it's not like I have this personal animus toward these people because of who they are. I have this animus toward these people because of what they did, what they said, and how they handled themselves. That's that's
0: my problem, right? Oh. It's, it's, it's the situation, right? It is. Right. It, it is the approach. It is also the leveraging of large platforms to attack. Uh-huh. And right. individuals and work being done which is really antithetical to what people are saying they're about and believing in Exactly, and all right, drug companies in Appalachia. I mean, there's so much going on. There's so many different levels and there are connections, right? And so we're talking about when we have loud voices, this is not saying that our loud voices and our need to organize and stuff means that if you're working on issues in this community here, you also don't have a valuable issue. No, you need to get organized too. One thing I would always hate, particularly since these black lives matter, you know, cases, right, have become an issue for us more so in the past four years, even though this has been going on for decades, you know, when you talk about, you know, Luis Baez and, and, and I mean, Abner Luima, I mean, we go back, you know, mm-hmm. you make so many different cases or whatever um, about the last the last several decades that yeah. this has been documented, right, but this has become, because of social media and the, the real movement for Black Lives and so this has become more present in our, in our vernacular, but when you, when, when white people would say, well, nobody cares when black people, when white, when white people are killed by police. <laughs> one, there have been numerous instances. I actually was working with an organization out of Jersey. They were the only ones that showed up. This young white woman was died in custody in Southern, I think it was in South Jersey, died in custody, um, and and it was it was this organization it was the black led organization was the only organization to come to the family's aid. There so many accounts of this stuff. There have been names of young people, whether they've been Latino or white, who have been lifted up, and it has been Black Lives Matter folks who have done so. And and if there is injustice happening, and you feel that the unjust killings of white people by police is wrong, you should organize. Right. And that's how I feel about right. this situation here, too. If you feel that something happening, that there's a voice or a place that is missing, then you should organize. If your issue is that you want to know more about what somebody else is doing because you're nosy know and you're just trying to have a hot live stream, well, I don't know <laughs> what to do for you. Comey's in the house! Uh-oh! Oh! What's up, brother? I'm going to get to my regular show tonight. But that's <laughs> I may not have dinner. This is
1: a meal. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I don't need dinner because my, 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 my big threatening and imposing behind and my body language was upsetting to her.
0: But that's what I'm saying. The, the level of aggressions, right? Like, like, well, there's a video and yes, and I could I could see your body language and did it like, like, <laughs> Seriously, okay. Dylan Noble. Yes, that's right. Dylan Noble was 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 a young white teen who was murdered last summer. It's been almost a year now, and mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter were the ones that came to the rescue of his, of his family in terms of lifting up his cause and voice. There, was, yeah, there yeah. was several Latino folks who have been killed too. I can't. There's so many different names, unfortunately, in these scenarios. So, so like one of the things that someone said, I hate to see progressives in the infighting. Here's the thing, right? We're all under this this this. Even though we claim we don't want to be D- the DNC, we're not the Dems. We do repeat a lot of the same Dem nonsense, right? We have this big tent mentality as progressives. This is this whole amorphous concept, and everybody's all peace and love. We're all working towards the same thing. But I'm going to I'm going to say something that is a little bit um, divisive. Um, if, if 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 my existence, if you cannot respect my existence, my history, my experience, right, and you come into a space and expect it to be catered to you, we're not working towards the same thing. That's, That's right. right. If you if you if you enter that space, the yes, the body language comment was was very. There were several comments very that were very racist, including me having a chip on my shoulder for calling out someone for being racist. Um, I'm a black woman in America raising black children, a partner to a black man, daughter to a black father with black brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. I, mean, I I don't. And if you were for poor from wherever area, you know, what I'm saying, I'd have to acknowledge your experience. Like I can do that. I can acknowledge your experience. I can acknowledge where you come from. But when you come off the gate trying to justify, trying to rationalize and trying to minimize and dehumanize the experience of other people, I can't do the, oh, we're all on the same side. I just need to hear you out because your heart is in the right place. I don't see how your heart is in the right place in that scenario. That, 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 exactly. that, that is just no way you can make that <laughs> argument at all. I'm sorry if someone's feelings are hurt from all of this because they did not understand what they did not understand or they knew what they didn't understand and didn't care how they were going about it. I'm sorry right. that you did not learn this lesson before now, but you gonna to learn today, sweetheart, because I really <laughs> hope that as we move forward, because this is Bernie Sanders lost the primary process for whatever. And we're not going to get into all that because that's not what this is about. What? Right. It happened. But we still have this. This this movement moment that David Cobb and other folks like to say that we that we've been in and that we're we're building and doing and there's a real opportunity like you know I know a lot of folks saw Chokwe Lumumba win a uh, uh, mayor Jackson Mississippi and Bernie and other folks are like yeah you know the progressive movement what a lot of people don't know is that the foundation of that win was set in place by his father, also Chokwe Lumumba, and members of Republican New Africa, and Cooperative Jackson, and the Jackson-Cush plan, that is Black liberation ideology, political philosophy at work. Okay? And that is now a model for progressivism nationally. So you need to come get with this and learn what this is about, instead of sitting there in your feelings about a space that you were allowed to be in. Right. Right. Versus talking to people.
1: Yeah yeah see noah sorry i'm not
0: i'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: not i'm not because see i i examined their behavior i examined their responses i you know what this is what it is if you're not willing to have the conversation. If you want to be the conversation, if you have to if you have to to direct the conversation and decide what the conversation is, then no, we can't have a conversation at all. I can, this isn't about because that conversation then isn't about us. It's about you. And I'm not here to prop you up. So you know, people that people can do the what they do and sick their their sycophants
0: after people come with it. But, but the other thing that this proves though, the, the other thing this proves though is one of the things that was very difficult and and again and being a part of this Bernie wave, right? The the one of the things that was very difficult was fighting the battle on multiple fronts, right? right. Because we had to deal with as all of us as progressives, right? Mm-hmm. The onslaught from the Hillary campaign and, and right. the media blackout, right. everything, right? right. Which is why A lot of people have gotten away with so much because we needed these voices, we thought, to get the message of Bernie out there. Exactly. Right. And we right. don't want to do infighting because when you're in that type of situation, you want to have a united front. You want to be able to move forward. You don't want to weaken what you feel is your base. The other right. thing has been the internalized issues with racism in the progressive space. And and, and this has been, you know, Dr. King wrote about, when he talked about, you know, a, a white moderates, you know, Steve Biko talked about it, We talked about the white liberals, like this has happened, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. this, this has happened and this has been a conversation, you know, people have talked about it in terms of, you know, even the abolitionist movement and differences between William Lloyd Garrison and other folks. I mean, like th- this is, this is historic. And this happens because of right. the intricate, even when people are well-meaning, we still do have the barriers and the issues that do exist between people. Cause it takes a lot of work for us to break down how we're socialized to interact right. right, because right. we are socialized in particular ways. And that, that happens. But, you know, it it, 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 it it is, you know, but so so here we are now. And so we had to deal with that, too. And you would have little things would happen and you'd have the black, you know, various talking heads and stuff. Joy and Reed has gotten worse and worse by the moment. I, I don't even hurt. understand. I didn't ever hear her back in February when she was on Sirius. And she was so much more balanced. I'm not going to say she was balanced, but she was so much more balanced then. I, I uh-huh in her MSNBC contract, but that's a whole other story too. But 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 <laughs> but but we had to then also counter, like and especially it fell on us, right, to counter the other black people who were saying these bad things about Bernie. But some folks. Who were on "quote unquote" our side made it very difficult to defend, to explain. I mean, it, it made it very challenging. And and, and 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 like I'm just saying though, like 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 you know the different pictures, right? Like when that whole debacle happened with the pictures and 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 the Washington Post and that nonsense. Oh my god, it was nonsense. Okay, yes, we validated. But then there were other pictures that were being floated around that were not actually Bernie Sanders. That right. were. You know, verified to be Bernie Sanders that Bernie Sanders or uh-huh. campaign never claimed for him. There was even a picture. This is so funny. I got to try to see if I can find it. There's a picture <laughs> of, of Martin Luther King sitting on, on grass and there's a white man in the picture sitting next to him and a bunch of other people, right? It's all the white guy in the group. Someone jokingly posted it as a meme, like look at Bernie Sanders and other right. people started sharing it. I, I'm one of the admin for After Marcus Bernie, the large Facebook page. And we would get people sending us this picture. And there's another picture like, this is Bernie. No, it's not. Like, please stop <laughs> doing that. It was a joke. Just, just stop. Uh-huh. And we would have people challenging us. Or you ought to. So I had some of the most offensive experiences from people supposedly within the movement as I did dealing with Hillary supporters. Why? Mm-hmm. And I, and I mm-hmm. made it. And I'll find the audio for my conversation with Joy Reid because I ripped it someplace. Because social media one is a cesspool, unfortunately, right? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. With racism in America, with white people, it doesn't matter whether you're a progressive on the left or you're on the right. It has varying degrees, you know. But but mm-hmm. but it exists, and we have to work together to to to, to where we can to to surpass it. We can't exactly. ignore it. We can't say right. we can't talk about that because that's divisive. We can't huh. do I don't that. have time. I don't have time to learn about racism. <sighs> How you talk about racism, <laughs> you don't have time to learn about it. Like I, say I, I don't have time I to learn like, about this. But I don't I know anything like, about black spaces. I felt, I felt like I had been slapped in the face. I was
1: like, oh, I did a I did a pearl clutching moment. I seriously did when I heard her what I what she typed. I was like, oh, she didn't say that. Cause so I mean, we can't, I, I can't I won't try to reason with those people anymore. I, like I said, you, I, I give you I give these those kind of people a short leash, you know, I'll, I'll enter into the conversation with all the best intentions in the world, give you the knowledge that I have, which isn't everything, but I'll give you the knowledge that I have and I'll enter into a dialogue with you. But the minute I see that you are invalidating my experiences, but not so much my experiences, but the history, the minute I see that the history doesn't mean anything to you, I'm done. I'm done. I can't reason with you. So I won't. And 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 if people think that that's divisive and um, counterproductive, then, OK, you can think that way of me. But we don't have time to keep doing this because we've been doing this for 400 years. So that's
0: all I got. I mean, I mean, yes. it's just, you know, if you're just tuning in because we just got a bunch of food tuned in, you know, it's, it's been a long conversation and I might have yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm the solo with production, so I'll be doing the editing. If anyone has video editing skills, and would like to volunteer for either of us? You know, holler at your girl. Um, but, but, but this has been a conversation, and yes, I have a little petty in me. I, I'm human. Like I'm a petty progressive. I have the. I'm shout out to my partner in crime, Brandon Sutton, the the, the petty party crew. Um, but, but seriously though, we do have an issue with racism in America, and we can't just say, "Well, it's those Trump people," because that, that's a mistake, and it's not just. And I'm having this conversation in the in the realm of this progressive movement space because this is where I am activating. I have spent 2 years talking about what is racist and wrong with Hillary Clinton. Everybody mm-hmm. loves it when we do that. Oh yeah. Right, right. Whereas right. right. is neoliberal dems and da 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 da. da. But we 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 also have the issue um you know in house on this Mm -hmm. progressive side too that we need to talk about and we need to really be able to, to dig in. So peace EC says, what do you recommend if we see more of these videos in the future? Should we ask the videos to be taken down and try to set up private structured discussions or Um, so personally, I don't believe in side conversations. I say that to people all the time. I don't, I don't like, I don't Mm -hmm. like the, the personal DMs. I mean, not that, not to say that personal DMs are always wrong, but when something like this happens very publicly and you have public figures doing bad things and saying mm-hmm. really egregious-ish, right? And then mm-hmm. freaking out because, oh my God, they piled on me. You're a public person. You're a public figure. Everybody's not gonna kiss your ass, okay? I'm sorry, it's just not gonna happen. Yep. Yep. I'm a free mm-hmm. black woman in America and I'm gonna say what I'm gonna to say to you because you had no problem saying what you had to say that was not even factually centered on anything other, your personal discomfort. So, exactly. so I don't believe, I don't believe in side conversations. I told someone who tried to explain, you know, one of the women to me last night that I don't do that. Um, If you would like mm-hmm. to explain something that you need, if you're willing to say something that may be considered egregious or detrimental, that you need to be proud and say that shit with your chest in public. Thank that's you. Important. Thank you. Personally, because I need to know who I'm working with, because the one thing I appreciate about people who I know who are Republicans, you know, what I'm saying For people who are on the other side. I know. And we, and we say this, too, about right. Like if you if you, like a Richard Spencer, I know where Richard Spencer stands. OK, I know I what he's, he's going to say. say. I know <laughs> what he's going <laughs> to do. People who sit among us and oh, my God, hashtag Black Lives Matter, but who will get upset and complain about racism because they walk into a space don't know anything about the context of where they were at. That is, mm-hmm. that is, that is something that can cause so much more harm and damage to our work. So we need to be really clear about what's going on up front. And, 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 yeah, and, yeah. and, and, I think that we, as we have these conversations, because we, this is long overdue, y'all. This is really long overdue. And, and this is like, fun. you know, we're we going to have more conversations like this too, because we need to work through, we need to work through, we need to build and develop you know, better ways of communicating about issues and discomfort. If you are uncomfortable in a situation, if you're able to express yourself and tell people something in that same scenario of a conference setting, right? You feel that comfortable being new to a situation, then you should be able to also go to those same people and say, hey, I experienced this earlier. Can we talk about it? Because you may not, if you're new to a scenario and you don't even understand what's going on, how can you then go past judgment and talk about it? Like, that's what I'm saying. If you don't understand about Black-led spaces that not all the time you're going to be led in, you're going to be allowed to be in, if you don't understand why Black people in America, why Black people from the diaspora, whether we're Afro-Latino, Afro-Caribbean, African-American born here, you know, African from, Af- you know, immigrants from Africa, if you don't understand why we feel the need to come together as a diaspora, to talk about these issues that are affecting us right now in Puerto Rico, there is a massive foreclosure crisis happening. Yes, coming down, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying from from all this other nonsense from last summer, no one is talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Puerto you, Rico, if you right now, if you don't, if you are not being able to bring people to the table and talk about those issues together, and you don't understand why we have a need to have this conversation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not about wanting to mm-hmm. exclude, not wanting to work with, not wanting to be mean to. It's not about you, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. we have to decenter ourselves. Like, as a, as a, as a, I'm, I see, I'm, I'm trying my best with, with, with the terminology here. As a cisgendered woman, right? As a straight identifying mm-hmm. cisgendered woman, I understand that there are situations where my brothers, my brothers and sisters who identify along, you know, as LGBTQIA, I think I got that right. I'm working on it. They need to have their own space. There may be even women or sexual assault survivors Mm -hmm. need to have their own Mm -hmm. space to reflect Mm -hmm. on their own experiences, their shared struggle, strategies to console, because that's trauma. You know, there Mm -hmm. may be people Asian, Muslim, Native American, you know, I mean, people down the line may need to have a space to strategize, organize, talk about issues, and figure out how they can move forward to build coalitions, right? Because mm-hmm. in order to build coalitions, we have to clarify for us. It's not about. So here's the thing, Steve. It's not about whether or not they're actually racist. I think we don't understand. I think we don't understand about racism. You don't have to be a card-carrying member of the KKK. You don't have to be a uh, uh, Richard Spencer you know what I'm saying, to be racist. Like, you really don't. It's not, th- 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 there's a lot, there's right. a book, out there's another, there's a book, actually, a shout out to my girl, Wendy Muse, who, who I just found out I was watching on YouTube. Love you, Wendy. Um, Wendy is a brilliant sk- scholar. Look her up, Muse Wendy. She does a lot of international research and stuff, a lot of stuff with Brazil, Um, you know, mm-hmm awesome woman anyway but there's a book that i posted about dealing with racism and colorblindness and it talks about this not this issue of of with racism racism is something that people were conditioned to believe is only this really virulent you know the dogs and the front and at the mouth right there is something right. embedded and, and 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 you cannot say that so and so is not you know engaging in racist behavior you know and, and whatever it might be in someone's heart if you're still engaging in behavior that's that's antithetical to what you're saying is in your heart, that is a problem that needs to be talked about. Stevie, yes, yes, there are there are some people who have been talking about Puerto Rico, but when you look at the mainstream media, like I I actually I have a Google alert that alerts me to certain things, whatever. But yeah, but we we need to be you know coming together and talking about these things. So when you break it down, it's not because. You, you want you're supposed to be excluded. Like I really need for people. If you're not a part of a particular group and you are upset because you're excluded from a space, and, and and part of the problem and the shock I realize for people when they're quote unquote excluded from spaces that's never happened to them before because they've always had access to be in a in exactly. the room. They've always had exactly. the voice. They've always had the microphone. They've always <laughs> had the pulpit. So now, because we get upset with the DNC, we get upset with you know privilege the privilege in our society. We do right? Because they don't understand, Mm -hmm. right? But when we, we in Mm -hmm. our own internal dynamics, do it to each other and we need to work on that. And and, and, and that's the problem. So, if you're just tuning into us, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Becky and I are talking about we're chopping it up. We're talking about um racism and progressive spaces, um black led spaces, and how we can uh, effectively learn, build, and move forward and and having talking about transformational racial racial justice. um that that's yeah. just what we're talking about right now. and some other stuff that that yeah can happen. almost everyone is racist. That's incorrect. Oh, no, everyone that's, is not racist. That's, that's incorrect. People do have some degree of personal prejudices that are learned and very, have biases, but almost yeah. everyone is not racist.
1: No, no, no I, I, don't, I don't. I don't believe I don't believe that's accurate. Hey, uh, Noah, I'm so sorry. I have to go. No, I know because, you have family and you have been at this. Yeah, for my family hour now. Yes. And, and my grandmother is she keeps sliding by in a wheelchair, giving me the side eye like I came all the way up here to see you. And you're not talking to me. Grandma,
0: I love you. And thank you so much. But um, thank you so much for letting me share Jackie for a little bit. But uh, we're going to close out here. And again, you guys, I'm going to try and clip the video so that you don't have to, you can watch the different snippets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, this has been The Way With Fanoa. I do a live stream 9 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday nights uh and and Jackie can can t- t- do her plugs
1: yeah um, i I do uh coffee current events in politics. we do a live stream on uh Saturday afternoons now or evening at six o'clock, and I have brick by brick uh with Luke Mon Nation, where I talk about nothing but one of my favorite subjects my favorite topic is the history of how we got here. Uh, and that's on Thursday nights at 9 PM. Uh, and no,
0: this, no, Wednesday's nights, yep. Thursday nights, 9 yep. PM block. I mean, yo, I don't know what else we can squeeze in there y'all. But. I know. And this can't be the last, this, no. this is the
1: beginning of this conversation between the two of us and with you guys, we we can't let this fall by the wayside and say, Oh, well, you know, No, this was just a little bump in the road. We can we can never settle for this being a bump in the road that we just gloss over and forget about again, because if we do, we will never get past this point. No,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. So definitely, you know, check us both out on Facebook. Um, hit me up on Twitter. Everything for me is the way of Noa. You got questions, comments, thoughts, ideas? Hit me up on email thewayofanoa And I'm a shameless plug because I also have a podcast. Because not all my stuff is is is, is video. Um, it's the way with the Noa on iTunes, Spreaker, uh, 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 Google Play. You know, I'm definitely appreciate. Oh I gotta get everywhere. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I gotta get my promotion up, <laughs> but. I do politics and social commentary. I throw in a little pop culture here and there. Um, but, you know, I talk, I talk with David, Daly, Dave Daly, who wrote the book, Rat Fucked, about redistricting. I got a couple of interviews with Nina Turnip there. Jackie has some amazing, awesome interviews as well. So um, definitely, you know, come back and talk to us because um, maybe, maybe one time we'll do a call-in. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But it'll be but, awesome. We'll we'll figure it out, and I appreciate everyone for sharing, liking, and engaging, or whatever. And 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 really, like it's about where you come from when you're starting to to engage. When you automatically come from a defensive position, you're going to get pushback. That's just real.
1: Yep. This has been yep. with the way
0: of Noah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Night, everybody.